He kicked it like it was a cat going off the back porch. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Hello and welcome to Fire Up! I'm Dennis Carnahan, joined by a much happier Redfern Pat and the sulkiest tiger, Chris, DJ Godfather Gale. And we're here to pull back the curtain on the dastardly pantomime villainy behind rugby league and to explore the symbiosis between the arts, science, music and rugby league. And what a long time in rugby league a week is! Last week I was celebrating the glories of the NRLW, the pinnacle of the game, and they had a grand final for the ages with the Roosters being crowned the first non-Brisbane Broncos team to win the NRLW! Congratulations to the Roosters women, but they have clearly been infiltrated and polluted by the men in the organisation. A player down injured for the last try and the trainer tries to stop the game, distracts the Dragons defenders and they stop and let Olivia Higgins score the match sealer three minutes from the end. That is the rooster way. Distract! Cheat! Brady Parker falls into a tackle after doing an ACL out of contact. The tackler gets reported for head contact and because it's on the report, the Roosters can enact the 18th player despite the debilitating knee injury being the cause of rather than caused by the offence. So Rugby League has been brought crashing down once again by the Roosters as it always will. That is the roller coaster, and we love it. So let's instead... Find some solace in the aforementioned triumvirate of arts, science and music. Art and science have come to rugby league big time this week. Finally, one club, a much maligned club on this show, has brought botany and botanical arts to rugby league. Finally, the unique and wonderful flora of this wide brown land is being celebrated in rugby league. So unique, so astonishing that we have a central bay named Botany Bay and the works of Joseph Banks and the lesser-known American botanist James Matra on Cook's controversial voyage are being celebrated. The Australian Ballet have announced a new contemporary show that, given its title, has strong links to rugby league, arts, science, ballet, rugby league. But Chris Gale, with all this wonderfulness, you have let me down again. Last week, you presaged a Volandine crackdown on the wrestle as his reaction to his 47 texters via email. But there was no crackdown. Have you just lied again? Have you got it wrong again? Or is the Dark Overlord's power slipping? I am nobody's servant, Dennis. But first of all, I do have a request. What is the name of that ballet by any chance? (laughs) It's Well, I believe it's called... Kunsthammer! <laughs> so, so it's, it's a combination of the life story of Carmichael Hunt I, and Heimel Hunt and Tamasai Hamaso Fido. Kunsthammer! Wow. Now, look, I had it on great authority that the Wizard of Oz himself, the Dark Overlord Peter Volandes, was issuing a crackdown in relation to the wrestle. Are you concerned about your source? Uh, no, I'm not concerned about my source because I look further and deeper into this particular issue. Now... When pressed on this, people were saying, well, Peter, you know, the likes of, uh, I guess, I don't know, um, Brandy Alexander or Andrew Webster or whatever, they're saying the footy's pretty good this year, so we don't need a crackdown. And he goes, yes, but I don't listen to the Twitter brigade. Brandy Alexander, (laughs) Andrew Webster. And the ilk, Gus Gould. Yep. I take letters from people, and I hopefully don't argue we'll be happy with this, I get letters from people. All the time. A flood of letters have come in by email, and that's who I listen to. I don't listen to the Twitter brigade. And so, of course, Volandis, who clearly is living in the 20th century, certainly not the 21st century, we can't really find ourselves fixated in time and space as we revolve around the sun or whatever Copernicus came up with. And he has issued an edict for a crackdown, and have a guess by what medium said crackdown edict was transmitted to the universe. Well, I'm guessing it wasn't 47 texts. It wouldn't have been Twitter, was it? No, it was by email. By so email. nobody saw it. Absolutely everybody <laughs> went straight to junk and that was it. That is just how out of touch Peter Volandis is that he actually did issue a crackdown 
emailed it to all the, the the key people, which apparently is not the coaches, it's the CEOs and club officers, according to Trent Robinson on 360 the other night. I don't get any direct communication from the overlord, he said. I'm just simply waiting to see what the likes of Pilatus and, <laughs> Pilatus and whoever the Roosters CEO is now. It's not Joe Kelly anymore, is it? It might be. Well, I think it's been made very clear it's that, Joe, that, Joe Kelly. that um, uh, Bellamy, he doesn't have email. If you need to email him, you have to email his son. Yeah, he well, has no communication electronically. And then Bellamy's son sends it to Coach Craig by Carrier Pigeon because <laughs> that's where he works. Yeah, so but- we all are struggling under the multiplicity of communication devices. You know, you're getting messages and WhatsApps and signals mm. and telegrams. Isn't it great how it's gone 360? I was actually saying, do you read telegrams at weddings anymore? And people went, oh, of course you don't. And I said... Well, you probably do now because you're getting the really genuine encrypted messages yeah. via Telegram Stop. from QAnon <laughs> that is actually needed to be ventilated at weddings and give people a little bit of a sense of it. So, uh, as I said, I think we're in the dying days of the Dark Overlord PVL, um, mm. Peter Volandis, uh, because pretty much all the press you read about him now is what a great job he's doing with the horses. <laughs> well, he did have he did speak at a function last week, and I've forgotten what the function was. Um, but he was asked. I think it was at the launch of Kunstmaster or whatever. It probably was. Kunsthammer. Kunsthammer. He was speaking at the launch of Kunsthammer. Do you think Arnie Hammer would be in that as well? You know, because Arnie's got a little bit of form <laughs> online from what I believe. I don't know. He could be. That's he could well. Can he dance? Well, I don't think he was talking about dancing in his various posts, but anyway. But he was talking at the opening of the Australian Ballet show and Someone asked him a question. They said, do you think it would be a great thing for Rugby League? Do you think it's sad that Rugby League doesn't have milestones like Buddy's thousandth goal where the fans came on the field? Do you think it would be good for Rugby League to have something like that? And you know what his response was? Who's Buddy Franklin? That's right. And then he said he was joking. <laughs> and then he, he sent a letter of congratulations today to Gil McLaughlin, the, as Roy Nashley put out, the man who murdered football in Tasmania. The murderer. The yep. murderer who stood down in cloudy circumstances because when PVL steps down, he'll be stepping down apparently of his own volition. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, when he did launch Kunsama. Kunsama. Let's, let's call it by its proper pronunciation. Kunsama. Do you think you got up there and spoke uh, with passion and knowledge about the history of ballet and the emergence of ballet in the Australian scene? And oh, he's right up with contemporary because this is quite a contemporary piece. He's like, right across it. Like Helpman and um, oh. Graham... I was going to say Graham Murray, but <laughs> he was a big fan of the ballet. No, he got up there and he talked about, yeah, well, I was, you know, I'm not much of a player, but uh, you used to get everyone put in 50 cents and then I used to tackle the orange boy at halftime in order to get the 50 cents and it went down huge. Oh, yeah, they loved with it. With the ballet crowd. They because, loved it. Let's face it, the worst thing about when you launch a ballet is you know you've got another two hours ahead of you of this stuff. Right? <laughs> and, and anything that could just leaven the mood a little bit, i.e. an address about Volandis as the little wog kick down in Wollongong, it just plays to that audience. I do wonder whether the, the Rugby League could take a leaf from ballet's book and the cod piece that mm. the male dancers wear, the protective device that they wear, that's also a modesty device. It, it, it shields, you know, you can't see what their religion is, so to speak, <laughs> through their trousers. I wonder if the NRL should think about investing in some of those. Well, um, NRL physio Brian Seney mm. had a bit to say on the fan the other day about the evolution of the protective devices and that we've come a long, long away from the shiv <laughs> or, or the block of concrete that Mel Meninga had encased his four times broken arm I believe in. that was a thermonuclear protective device. <laughs> That's right. That had there been a world war in the post time, his forearm would have been fine. Now you can just get a little moulded shoulder attachment. That's apparently what Nathan Cleary was leading in their wearing in their 2021 tilt. And I say they should look to the ballet and see exactly what's going on with the cod piece because you still need protection down there, but you don't want to be encumbered by some of these unwieldy devices from days gone past. No, those gentlemen can dance, though. Like, they can move. They have a lot of flexibility. So, it's obviously, it's it's designed to work under pressure, under considerable pressure, and it would, you know, it would stop the likes of the Hopawati incident. The squirrel grippers, they'd be gone from the game. That, I guess maybe that's a lost art. So, so you're su- suggesting an encapsulation device that goes from the front to the back? Well, Because Hopperwaddy did a lot of his work at the back, as far is, as I but recall. It, it must have something that goes through the back, which would protect But this is what orifice. we really need to do more of, because this sort of intersection of art and science and, mm. and rugby league, it's, it's such fertile territory, Dennis. Very fertile. But... Speaking of science, I'm going to give you two words, Chris. And I want to tell me, what do you think of when you think of Carimbia maculata? Uh, I think that that is the co-author of uh, Kunsthammer, if I'm 
<laughs> it's not. It is It is one of the most ubiquitous trees. So obviously your Angophora costata, the Sydney red gum. This is, everyone knows the Sydney red gum. It's that orange bark, all that goes grey when it's, when it's about to shed its bark. Beautiful trees that are ubiquitous to Sydney. The spotted gum is a bloodwood, the Corymbia maculata. Bloodwoods, of course, they, it's got this beautiful patina on its bark. And the bloodwoods, the Corymbias, they're called bloodwoods because they have little leaks and they leak a red sap that comes down, looks like blood. That's the sap that feeds feather gliders. That's what they eat. These are wonderful trees. I Outside my bedroom window, there are two tall spotted gums and those spotted gums are the, the nighttime roosts of dozens of white cockatoos occasionally galahs a powerful owl ninox strenua that's his roost it's one of it 2am he calls to me and i often go out and say hello to him it's a magnificent magnificent tree and can i congratulate the Parramatta eels for using the spotted design of the spotted gum, the multicolored design, and incorporating it into their Anzac jersey. It's, I believe, the most beautiful jersey that has ever been played in rugby league. Have you seen it, Chris? First of all, yes, I have. Secondly, you don't have many friends, do you? Well, what what are friends? Exactly. <laughs> Talk to me. Thirdly, <laughs> you're the guy, and we all watch. Silver Logie winner Costa Georgiatis plying his trade on guarding Australia week in, week out during most of the regular season. He's a Roosters fan. And, and he is. Most of us just read the big name, not yep. the bit in Latin underneath. So did you say Zbigniew? Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's the big name, yeah. yeah, yeah. When they put you know, the plant genus Oh, up. you read the common name. Yeah, I read the common name. You're yeah. in that sub-genre that reads the the botanic name, oh, was the, the, the scientific the, the, name. Uh, the, the common name they they can change and they can vary so much. That's why there's the Linnaean system of the two the the binomial Linnaean system of the genus and species, which but, you know we have magpies living in the tree and magpies of course Gymnorhina tibichen. That's what I was brought up with them being. However, they're now the Victorians are trying to call them Cracticus tibichen to put them into the wood swallow genus, which. That, that, I'm a bit concerned about that. And Carimbia, Carimbia, there's a lot of botanists moving through the Carimbias and the Angophoras to be put into a, a greater subgenus of eucalypts. But eucalyptus, the Latin means enclosed shell. And the Carimbias and the Angophoras don't have an enclosed shell on the gum nut. That's why they're not true eucalypts. So for those of you who are looking for a podcast on Australia's native flora and fauna, please contact Dennis Carnahan on his social media. Um, the spotted gum, what was its name again? Carimbia maculata. Yeah, but it doesn't really play when you give me a home amongst the old Carimbula maculatas, does it? No, but it? it is a gum tree. I mean, the, yeah. gum, the, the term gum tree encapsulates Carimbia and Angophora and Eucalypts. Okay, all, I've seen all, all the big myrtles. I've seen the 22 Anzac jersey from the Parramatta Eels. Isn't it magnificent? I Actually, I, I thought it was, I thought given that I had gleaned that it was a war theme, I thought it was a relief map of the Battle of the Somme. It could have been, including the craters. <laughs> it's that complicated. But uh, I actually went and, and it was Blake Williamson on Blowing Up Deluxe, our little Facebook group that people continue to join and we would love you, all of you, to join there and just banter rugby league in a safe and inclusive environment that is Blowing Up Deluxe. Uh, but he directed us to the jersey and I think it's going to send Redfern Pat down a very, very fertile ground of investigation. The the Anzac jersey from the Eels, the blue and gold, remember our uh, mates, if yep. you know, from our game. In bringing together elements of rugby league and mm. Anzac remembrance for our Anzac jersey, we want to evoke the spirit of mateship, yep. camaraderie, mm. spelt, or comraderie, actually. Is that a word? Yeah, well, it is now. Comraderie. That's really interesting. It actually reads comraderie, <laughs> like semi-radradra. And dedication that we share, whether on the battlefield or on the footy field. And I think for most of us, it's the latter rather than the former. And this is where you'd get excited, Dennis, and not many others would. We've done this by combining three iconic elements mm. that speak to the spirit and sense of place in Parramatta. Oh. Poppies, camo. Uh -huh. you know, camo just screams Parramatta when you're, you're out there, yep. you know, around about the, uh, the, the Ritz and places like that. And uh, the shape of Brett Kenny's head. Is that what it says? Yes, they're the three elements. Poppy's camo and Brett Kenny's Are you Brett sure Kenny's there's head. nothing else? Uh, blue and gold of Parramatta. Blue and gold of Parramatta. The, the, so they don't even mention the spotted gum on there? Although, sorry, along the Parramatta River uh, hello. and throughout the rising west. Hello. Which almost is like a slogan from the Murdoch press. You know, when mm. things are a little slow, they do a campaign about we stand for Sydney's west. 
yep. um, try and sell a few more online subscriptions. Along the Parramatta River and throughout the rising west, the mighty spotted gum stands oh, tall. Carimbia. I, I don't know. Parramatta, look, I, I don't like the club. I dislike your club. I'm on record. <laughs> but I will do some proofreading for you. Comradery, I'm not sure that's a word. Now we've got the mighty spotted gum stands tall and you'll spot many oh, of these iconic oh, trees oh, on your way into Combat Stadium. That's the sound of a knee being slapped. <laughs> I mean, of all the words, and you'll see or you'll observe or you'll experience, but they'll go, you spot to spotted. And and so it goes. I don't know where. They're ancient marvels, apparently. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're talking about the Parramatta teams of the 80s, of course. And I don't know where the camouflage comes in. The spotted gun would date back to Gondwana. Uh, well, right. But maybe uh, in previous military campaigns, the in, in, the in those days it was the young men who were unfortunate to be drafted. Mm. And I can tell you the happiest day of my first 10 years was when Whitlam banned conscription because even as an eight-year-old, I wasn't interested in going to Vietnam. I said, oh, it's, I said it's a peninsula. Leave those people alone. I would have been six and I was still pretty happy with it. <laughs> when I saw that, I actually stood on North Head just to make sure the troop carriers came back. But maybe when they were first conscripted, before they were sent out bush for basic training, they went through a sort of a familiarity, get your kit situation out at Parramatta. Maybe that was where you were issued with your fatigues in the camo. Yeah, I don't think that was... I think it was actually in uh, Queen's Park was, right. was where that all happened. Um, but, you know, the, the, the Anzacs coming back, coming back from World War One on the ships, they said that from about 20 k's offshore, you could actually smell the scent of eucalyptus. It was welcoming you back. That scent, the colours of the eucalyptus, these are ubiquitous, the, the blue mountains coming from the, the gas that comes off the eucalyptus. These are such... Ubiquitous. This, is these are part of Australia. Now, I think the roosters should adopt the Angophora costata because they they fill the same ecological niche, the Carimbia maculata and Angophora costata. But as you'd think from the name, they're coastal. The Sydney red gum is more coastal and the spotted gum lives inland in the west in Parramatta. That, this that, is beautiful. That thing about the troops is a complete lie. And <laughs> and you're also pretty isolated because most people have waded into this Jersey debate that I think, as I mentioned, Redfern Pat will be picking up. Not very happy with the design. A well, lot of, lot of... Okay, and I'm going to bring to the crux of my argument. Yes. Because I saw this jersey three weeks before it was leaked on, fire, on, on blowing up Deluxe because someone had posted a photo in a Parramatta fan group and they were blowing up Deluxe in there. I, I should have said to them all, if you're going to blow up Deluxe, come and join us because they hated it. They hated it. They said, this is a joke. This is, dude, April Fool's. This is this can't be right. They can't have done this. And the Parramatta fans, they're not divided. Normally Parramatta fans, they're divided. There's two types of fans. There's ones who believe that I should be able to can Parramatta because they're my team, so I have the right to shit can them when they're bad. And there's other teams type who say, I love Parramatta, so I'm going to go with them no matter what. I'm sticking with my team. Those two groups of Parramatta fans hate each other. There's that divide. But they're united in their despair over this jumper. And that gives me such great joy, such enormous joy. And a lot of the concern is against the blue and gold spotter gun motif camo, the poppies that dot it. They look a little bit like bullet holes. They do look like bullet holes. You yeah, know, so that, that's something that is a little bit awkward. I'm not, not real, you know. And the really the only other thing I can say about this jersey Farago that the Parramatta Reels are going through is run down to Peter Wynn's score and pick yourself up an Anzac 22. If you can't score there, jersey. you can't score any. I am going to. Okay. I'm dead set. Going to go and buy one. And I'm going to hang it on the back of the stage at Rugby League the Musical just to piss them off. It's Normally, one of the great joys of Rugby League the Musical was when I decorated the stage, putting a Parramatta scarf on the bottom of the stage to symbolise them being on the bottom of the ladder. But now that they're not, I'm putting them up the top in their Anzac jersey where they belong. And $10 for every jersey sold goes to Invictus Australia, which is, by my maths, which is pretty limited, about 4% of the overall purchase price. <laughs> but tremendous. Tremendous. Wonderful gesture. Nonetheless. And art, of course, the Sharks mm. have made a contribution to art with some... I was I was looking at the framing of that picture, which which again was on Blowing Up Deluxe, was it? Or was, did Fire Up post that? Yeah, no, it was, again, it was Blowing Up Deluxe. You've really got to get on there to see most of the excitement, yes. Oh, but the, the Sharks all in bungee smugglers. And who was the central figure? Ronaldo Mulatalo. Ronaldo Mulatalo. Such very a musical name. With, after the very distasteful incident with Marcello Montoya, which was mm. a name I enjoyed saying very much, I'm going to park Marcello's name for a while. Yep. and focus on Renato Mulatalo in the same 
sonorous tones as Luciano Lelua. Mm. And Ronaldo is sort of sitting throne-like, and he's got the likes of Toby Rudolph, the great former Newtown uh, Jet. Yep. Uh, the very handsome Nico Hines. Ooh. Uh, you've got Moisa there. What about Moisa's rehabilitation and rebirth under Craig Fitzgibbon? It's something quite to see. And then, and then they're all basically semi-nuded up. They're wearing just dick stickers. Right. R- Ronaldo's on the crown. It's like saying on the throne. King Ronaldo. For oh. some reason, there's a light rail station immediately out the back window. <laughs> I don't know where they are um, getting ready for what. But there's also the player in waiting. If you look at the bottom right-hand corner of the photo, you'll see uh, the new emerging second rower, Teague Wilton, sort of saying... I haven't got my hands on the throne as yet, but I aspire to be with you boys one day. And that's a, that's the system that Fitzgibbon has installed. Mm. He says, we've got an internal reward system, player of the week, in your, in your budgie smugglers, on the crown, hoisted by the boys. But in order to be able to be hoisted by the boys, you've got to achieve a certain level of expertise. And T. Wilton's not there. Are you suggesting that Craig Fitzgibbon's actually was the architect of this? This, is, to- this is total Fitzgibbon work. Has he spent time in France? No, but he spent a lot of time at the beach. And he's also spent a lot of time with Robbo, who Correct. spent time in France, because Robbo must be a, fr- a fan of Henri Cartier-Bresson. Yes. And, and the, the symmetry the, of that picture. Tremendous 5-8 who played for Perpignan, <laughs> correct? <laughs> and, well, a photographer I was thinking of. Uh-huh. It, it, it really, it, it looked like some of his classic works. The, the balance, the offset, the symmetry, it was wonderful. I just wish it was black and white. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, sort of. You uh, probably can get that version. Corrupted a little bit. But no, as we, mm. as we read on all those... Um, Hey, geography pieces about Fitzgibbon, <laughs> about he's prepared to get up at four o'clock in the morning in order to get his swim in and his surf in, yep. even though it's meant to be extremely dangerous surfing in the dark, mm. uh, in order to turn up bright and um, chirpy for previously roosters training, but now, of course, sharks. for another Sutherland sharks. And aren't the sharks doing well at the moment, Dennis? Well, they're doing tremendously well. And and on the ABC this weekend, Andrew Moore had a lot to say about the club and what a tremendous club. Actually, no, he was saying that they're a disgrace and they're the worst club in the league and that they're the worst ground in the league. No one actually likes Shark Park. This um, is despite <laughs> extensive renovations. Despite the extensive which renovations. Which to me looks like just like which, a built a car park around the King Wan, as far which, as I can see. And it's see. not finished. And no. the, the King Wan's not open. And none of it's finished. And it... Uh, what have I got? Am I bleeding? No, 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 no. I was just... Oh. I was just gesturing because I was going to say, have, <laughs> they got rid- Bloodwood? Have, have they got rid of the tannoys intermittently along the fences? <laughs> They're still there. They're still there. I mean, you pay your good money to be in the front row and your view is obscured by something made by AWA in the 1950s. <laughs> no, I think it's actually 30s. Oh, I think it goodness. predates the stadium by 20 years. Uh, but so do you, did you watch that game? Did you hear that? Do you understand what Andrew Moore was blowing up about? I do. And I really, really... I, I just thought, you know what? I've done my hard yards, four losses in a row with the Tigers. I'll tape this and then I'll see what the result is and I'll consume it in some sort of post-ironic way. But I don't know. Uh, Inquisitiveness got the better of me, so I endured the whole thing. And, of course, the highlight was the protester. who We won't give him his name out on the air. No. We don't want to give the guy any... Coverage. He's now been thrown in the clink, by the way, because so he's thrown for three months. Yeah, he had a number of pending charges. So this was just over it. But obviously, he had one of those fireproof banners, and they're the they're the group who are very concerned about the bushfires, climate change, and clogging up the spit bridge, right? Yeah. And so this was a form of political protest. People would go, if you want to get good coverage of your message, why would you go to the Sharks Tigers game, which is not really going to rate its head off at the moment? Was he hoping that Scomo was exactly. there? It's a Scomo piece, right? And of course, oh, so this is what happens, ScoMo, when you mix sport and politics. You get the loony left fringe in with flares. Well, and I'm not talking about flared trousers. That'd be fantastic. He's, well, wearing, he's got a, a, a football-style flare, a soccer flare. Well, he mistimed his run, just like the Tigers all day, in the sense that, of course, ScoMo was down in Canberra calling the federal election, so he was nowhere to be seen. He was having right? tea and scones. Um, he was charged with a number of offences. One include um, possessing a bright light device. Don't you love the law? Just call it a flare. Like, yep. you know, and uh, they've thrown the book at him. He's been put in jail. Now, under the premise of the scant security detail that upset Andrew Moore so much, with all those resources deployed on this guy and Joe Offerhengawi hanging on to him, you know, uh, Andrew Simons, Greg Chappell, Terry Alderman style, hmm. normally when the cricketers grab the streaker, it's to give him the whack on the backside and remonstrate and say, get off the park. And then get charged with assault. Offerhengawi grabbed this guy... <laughs> Tried, said, can you just stay here long enough? They might call this game off. <laughs> and uh, didn't uh, 
transpire that way, but it did provide an opportunity for three other punters to have a picnic on the ground because they go, well, there's no security in our Both area. security guards are engaged at the moment. Because who hasn't wanted to walk on Sharp Park because the facilities are so bad? And the reason that they came on is they couldn't see the game because they were in front of that ridiculous tannoy, that stupid speaker. And only one of them was detained and the other two are laughing now down at Northies about their day out Adventure. at Shark Park. They, they could have taken the Sam Kerr approach, just run up and bang, shoulder charge, knock him down. Well, Terry Alderman did that famously at that and test dislocated match. his shoulder. Never yeah, it was ruined, never the same again. Ruined his series mm. again, again. It was surprised one of the Tigers didn't have a crack because it might be a bad way to rule yourself out for a while. <laughs> but medically, medically retire yourself. But this stands in contrast to the previous evening's shenanigans, Dennis. Well, yeah. So the previous evening there was another one, and 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 this one, see, old fireproof. He's fully clothed. Yes. And if you're going to run on the field, there should be a law that if you're going to, you've got to come on, you've got to go the full Watty Holmwood, you may recall, from the state of origin. I do recall. You may recall from the Tigers-Warriors game two years earlier. So he got banned from the SFS for striking. And then two years later, he's somehow gotten into the Olympic Stadium and he's gone again. Uh, He got three months jail, reduced to two. Yes. It wasn't a political statement. It was just an act of madness. Yeah, he cost New South Wales the game in the same way that Fireproof cost the Tigers the Absolutely, game. Absolutely, and, and that should be that will should go down in history. Uh, but the night before, there was a, a protest against the Eels. There was a protest against Mitchell Moses. One fan was just saying, I've seen this happen before, and you buggers, when you're, at, when you're at Parramatta Stadium, when this clown is lining up a kick, you put on Sweet Caroline, I'm going to stop it. That's right. And so she took it into her own hands. She ripped off her top and ran across the field to try and get to Moses and say, stop playing Sweet Caroline. Have some humanity. She's a modern heroine, Dennis. Her name is Jovan Johansson. She doesn't mind being mentioned. She said the tackle that she received from the security guard was a fair cop. I deserved it. She and, earned it. And, and I thought what was mainly unseemly was the debate in the press whether to describe the pitch invader as topless or wearing a bra, which, of course, it was the latter. Mm. But it did raise a few issues in my mind. First of all, hard for us to determine because this ridiculous modern trend of actually not showing the streakers. I mean, if I'm watching Titans versus Eels, that's got to be the highlight, right? As indeed Fireproof is the highlight Tiger Shark. So they should cover these people no matter what. Just don't name them. Um uh, the other thing that was of, of great concern was the actual method by which he was tackled. Mm-hmm. So the security guy sort of is, is what we call in wrestling a spear tackle. And and again, she's got a, a background in, in... In rugby. In rugby, so she thought it was so a, she earned it. a fair cop. If it was and, a rugby league background, she would have probably stepped. And she said it was on her bucket list, right, to actually run on the field. And then you're in a you know out-of-your-head type moment. It's surreal that you're actually doing it. There's a lot of concern about... You know, jobs for retiring rugby league players. Mm-hmm. Not enough room in the media. I mean, Corey. I mean, Braitha Nasta. Braitha Nasta's got the media stitched up right now. He's you know, he's calling games. He's hosting three sixty. <laughs> he's doing the Masters golf. You know, they're parking Benji in a vehicle that won't last very long. Corey Parker gets a gig. I mean, it, it just stops right. So there's a couple of things that have emerged out of what we've already discussed. I think that uh, offers hope and sucker for uh, ex rugby league players. First of all, beautiful transition into security. Great mm. detail. I mean, if you and then if you really want a bucket list, that's to streak and be tackled by an ex NRL player. So I presume, that as all the jokes have been going on, that the Tigers, Bulldogs, Dragons probably won't be looking for those jobs because of their inability, the inability in that to area. tackle. Yeah, but they've been earning this for the NRL somehow to sort of you know look, we'll kick in half the fine, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because you're giving our brave men and women yep. roles post. And the other, of course, just to loop back on this, is the Volantis and the wrestle. And uh, he's got one supporter, and that's Joey Johns. Joey Johns says, I don't want to watch WrestleMania 3. Well, he's an idiot because WrestleMania 3 was irresistible force meets a movable object. Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. 96,000 people in the Pontiac Silverdome, Dennis, and a global audience of millions. If they'd made WrestleMania 3 the template for a rugby league, we wouldn't have been having any more discussions about the game being bad. But Joey wants to reintroduce the second referee. You know, and oh. there'd be a lot of interest in that after the referees were cut in half by Volandis. Yep. But he doesn't want them to have a whistle. He just wants them to police the ruck and keep the third man out of the tackle. Can you imagine that? The tackles are restricted to two players, and then you've got an ex player in the referee gear, no whistle, with a roving commission to pull to them t- off. Just take them out. 
in any way, any means necessary to keep it to two men and a tackle. These are the sorts of creative ideas we need in rugby league so that our players have something to aspire to. Taking out streakers or taking out third men and the tackle in NRL. I love it. But to be honest, Dennis, Johan, Johan Johansson, if she can't parlay this into an OnlyFans page, she's not trying. But I'm not sure that she actually did what Rink Springfield said so many years ago, and that was doing streaking the Australian way. Chris is Jared Waria Hargraves, who's uh, his. It's not his go. Nothing's his go anymore because all records have been expunged. Are we discovering what his go is again? We're learning what his go is from week to week, and there'd been concerns that JWH was a little bit off his game, but he certainly seems to be coming back in spades. He put in a great performance two weeks ago against the Cowboys, and then up to his old tricks mm. up there at Suncorp Stadium. JWH, of course, is a bit of a dinosaur, Dennis, because he comes from an era in the Roosters where they were the most hyphenated team in rugby league. <laughs> Roger Tuovasa-Shek, Frank Paul, Noor Sala. The, the list just went on. Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah, well, no hyphen, but still. And uh, he was in a little bit of hot water, it seemed, last Friday night in that beautiful doubleheader, unsullied because Volantis's email was received by a nobody. <laughs> where the Roosters came from a 10 nil deficit at halftime and uh, off the back of uh, Joey Manu, quite possibly one of the most damaging players in rugby league right now, and young Sammy Walker. Mm. They propelled themselves to a very narrow victory over the Brisbane Broncos. But in the second half, if I'm recalling this correctly, Rhea Hargos have been tackled by Ryan James, who really does meet the definition of journeyman now, doesn't he? Very much. He's multiple club. Raiders, Titans, Titans Broncos. Bron- somewhere before the Titans as well. The Arara Valley Axman. Possibly. And in getting to his feet, what has happened is that JWH has grabbed the leg, it seems, of Ryan James, almost to use it as a lever to get himself back to his feet to play the ball. And, of course, Ryan James' history of knee injuries yes. has just gone down like a ton of bricks, clutching at his knee, penalty issued. Warnings, concerns, a lot of confusion. But do you think that's JWH's go or was that just inadvertent? It's 100% JWH's go. Like this, this is what you can wipe away the precedent on record, but everyone knows it's his go. It is his go. But that's the key word. You said precedent, right? And it turns out that the match review committee has a real problem with birthing a new offence, right? Because they did not charge him with anything, basically because they seem to conclude that there was no precedent against which he can be charged. Now, surely the first time you do something, that becomes the precedent because you identify it and recognise the illegality of it and you enshrine a rule. But it turns out that St. Robbo, the Roosters coach, absolutely sets the agenda yet again. I don't know. It's the first time I've seen it. I imagine it's the first time we've all seen it. It's really, I mean, it's hard to have an opinion other than I haven't seen it before. You know, like if that's it's not a technique we're trying to outlaw... You know, so like I, I, it's a really hard one to. It's just the first time I've ever seen um, that happen. So that, so if you can invent a new way to hurt someone that's never been done before, you get off scot free. 
Provided, is that the rooster's way? Provided that you refer to St. Robbo and he gives that analysis, right? Don't for a minute think he was speaking to the press. He was speaking directly to the match <laughs> review committee. Song sheets sung from by the MRC. No wonder they're looking for a common sense person, Danny Wilder style, to join that MRC, not to be hoodwinked by Robbo. And you know, given that uh, a lot of people thought that Junior Paulo was stiff uh, being charged for the head there contact. There was a lot of debate over that. AJ Brimson, again, we mentioned him before, the NRL physio, Brian Sandy, said mm. no issue there, definitely hit the head, should have been charged. Yes. Maybe he's the common sense person that Wilder Brian was Brian Sini. Brian Sini. Well, I think we need to get Brian Sini on the show. Let's get him on here. I'm going to put a call out to Brian him. and say, you can be the common, because Fire Up is all about common sense. But, I mean, we, we're trying to understand the Illuminati and what the pecking order is and the Kithra conspiracy, and we've certainly worked out the Landis is somewhat down the order, but I'm seeing Robbo just bubbling to the surface. Okay, can I put this to you? Justin Holbrook. Yes, big club theory. Ming the Merciless. Yeah, big club theory. Ricky Stewart. Mm. If any of those are gone, well, I haven't seen that before. So, Fine. you know, I don't think... I don't think bang, he's suspended. I mean, the hubris of Robbo to say, I can't have an opinion on it because I've seen it before. Because I haven't seen it before. I'm yeah. assuming if an alien race, and we're, we're broadcasting here at the Batuta Advocate Studios in Surrey Hills... If a spaceship is now hovering above Moore Park, right, and I was interviewed by a roving reporter, say, for News at 10 or whatever it is, I think I'd be able to give you an opinion on what I've seen, even though I've you've never, never seen, seen it before. before. Wow. Well, tomorrow's game day. <laughs> It absolutely is. <laughs> but look, there's other players misbehaving as well. There was uh, You put in the notes something about the Raiders kicking a penalty when they trailed by 16. Because they're concerned about four and against? Mm-hmm. Four and against. And one of the players but, said because we missed out on the semifinals by one point because they all ended up equal. Yep. He was referring to competition point, not the four and against, because I think this Canberra were about 60 points adrift. Yes, they were. But what I noted in the post-match interview was that Ron Pappenhausen, favourite of this show, favourite of everyone, such a, he, he will be, I think he'll be playing the keyboards in the heavy metal band, that the, the rugby league heavy metal band with Grey, that hair. Uh, Greyhound Booster as well. Greyhound Booster as well. <laughs> well, he was interviewed after the match, and he, and he said, and this is, this just reeks of storm hubris. And they said, he said, oh, the penalty was given and, you know, there was a captain's challenge and the penalty was given. And we were just saying, oh, dude, just take the two points. You know, we don't want to just take the two points. So the storm, the hubris was apparently the reason the Raiders took it is because the storm told them to. Because the storm are so confident in their ability that for and against doesn't matter to them. Oh, exactly. Gosh, that's, that's just, irritating. Just take the two. And then we've got favourite of the show, James Maloney, misbehaving. So many players misbehaving. Recreational substance, though. The man is 35. He's playing second division in France. If he wants to get on the gear, <laughs> for God's sake, just let him. I mean, it's Europe, for God's sake. It is, but you mentioned it before. Chris, do you have any Arara Valley axes to grind? I tell you what, Dennis, the Hoodoo Gurus are on tour and they were struck down by COVID. Midnight oh. Oil missed a couple of gigs because Peter Garrett got COVID. No. And I was struck down because we had to change our Foxtel box and I taped Rage and Dave Faulkner was hosting and I was thoroughly enjoying it. And we lost all the recorded material and I don't know they do. I'm I terrified did. of that. Foxtel have said to me that they're going to come and get my box and give me another one. Yeah, well, I, how am I going to find that game in 2019 where the Raiders were up, were down 18-0 with two players in the bin and they came back to beat the Storm? Don't give them your box. They're not having my box. And I don't think you can get Rupert, the Rupert! And I don't think you, you can get have the to rage. Come and get it from me, kicking and screaming. On iView catch-up. And, and what a speaking of Australian rock and roll, uh, what a oh. blue week with the loss of Chris Bailey from the Saints. Terrible week. Really, you know, that's that's not an axe to grind, though. And that's he's just not a particularly bad. old man, either. He's, he's quite young. 65, I think. Yeah. This makes me look at my own Very scary. birth certificate. Now, access to grind. First of all, uh, the Urara Valley Axemen finally got on the pitch on the weekend. Hello, Courtney Shapter. 28 all against the Ballinus Seagulls. And I'm just going to stand up. I know it's visual, but I have the Ballinus Seagulls Rugby League Football Club shorts on to celebrate the 28 all draw. And I believe in a bullion Sam Burgess tweeted that he was happy to be back involved in football in whatever shape or form. Despite the fact the NRL doesn't want him. Yeah, he'll be back at the South within about two months, I think. Mm. Look, i got two axes to grind. First of all, uh, there was a controversial tackle from the young whiz kid, Tago, on Matt Dufty in the Panthers-Bulldogs game. And he was basically 
Dufty was horizontal with the ground, about a third of a metre off the ground, but Tago hit him in the head. And they said, contact, that's a head tackle. Sorry, that's a high tackle. We have to change the name. They've mm. got to call them head tackles, right? Because that's not high if it's 30 it's, centimetres it, it, off the it, ground. It, you know, it is just not high. It, you know, like, yep. They're referring to an upright human and that the head is the high part of the body. Cranial contact. Yeah, but I think we've also got to take into account because we do talk about extenuating circumstances. You fell into it. Right. It's now just hits the head, head tackle. So that's my contribution to regulate. It is, is the duty of care on the young kitty to not hit the head. I do notice in poor Crawley's files on the Monday where he's got the likes-dislikes, even though he still has more dislikes than likes, seven to five, <laughs> they are at least giving a page to each because likes used to be squeezed over <laughs> on one side. But I, I'm going to throw my other axe at Kezi oh, Apps. Kezi Apps. And I adore Kezi Apps. And, yep. you know, um, unfortunately it wasn't to be for the St. George Illawarra Dragons moving from wooden spooners to almost GF winners on the weekend up at Redcliffe. But in the lead-up... She wrote an. She was interviewed, and the headline: "Everyone wrote us off." I'm sick of people saying, "Everyone wrote us off." Everyone gave us no chance. First of all, Margaret Thatcher style. Who are these people? Can you name them? Where do they live? <laughs> I'm prepared to say that everyone didn't write off the St George Illawarra Dragons because I, in a different vehicle, actually said I like the cut of their jib despite mm. the loss of uh, Kelly and Sergis. And they almost got there. You've just got to stop giving these interviews. Everyone wrote us off. It's like the equivalent of until someone pinned up something negative about our team being said, we weren't in this game. And that was what gave us the motivation to play hard. It's ridiculous. Stop it now. She's played all her life. If she requires that for motivation, she... Yeah. Anyway, but you mentioned uh, you make crawls there. Yes. Friend of the show. Which which crawls? Paul crawls, was it? Yes. Not Steve. No. No. Um, or the other one that coaches down at Canberra. Is he still there? Yeah. Matt? Tex. Tex. Mike. Johnny. Um, but the press. The press. We've gone through players behaving badly. We've gone through fans behaving badly. The press. Yes. Uh, Kalen Ponger. Yes. How did we go with Kalen this weekend? So there's a very quixotic image because we know there was a lot of criticism from quixotic. Yes, um, I did as I drove to Wagga this weekend and went past of the word, but went I like past it. all those windmills. I did. It did make me think about Maybe. dear Tony Abbott saying how terrible they were, and that he was literally tilting at windmills, <laughs> right? Because Maybe. they might be giants. Maybe melancholy. As Don Quixote Maybe said. melancholy. Melancholy is a word for the strawberry milkshake kid. But obviously, a lot of criticism from Joey about uh, him having lunch or coffee or whatever it is with Super Coach Ben. It. Hmm. And it allegedly was in Sydney, but in fact, it turned out it was Central Coast. They sort of met halfway there. Well, it's part of the conurbation. That's right. Um, and apparently he was spotted playing golf on Newcastle Golf Course. Spotted? The, the very attractively named Newcastle Golf Course on his own, playing in a group behind a very joyful foursome, including Parramatta great Peter Sterling. So how tough is it that this wonderful, talented kid is feeling so beset upon that he can't go out and have a game of golf with his mates. He's got to be alone with his thoughts as he weighs up Supercoach Wayne and Newcastle. <laughs> so you start doing the maths. Well, as a Queenslander, he was a New Zealand junior golf champion, national champion. Loner. It, this, this may well be, this is his happy place. He might be happy Gilmore. This just might be where he wants to be. Maybe the future is an Australian golf revival being led by the other Cameron Smith right now <laughs> and coming up behind Ash Barty and Caelan Ponga if we can adopt Kalen Ponger as one of ours. Now, so this is issue is really rife that, you know, has it become a distraction about the fact that Newcastle maybe not going so great and, you know, mm. Bennett building another Taj Mahal-like vision at Redcliffe. So you would think if you've heard that the kid's playing golf on his own, he's feeling that alienated, that this is the last sort of question you ask in a press conference after another loss in the NRL. With the losses, with each loss, does it make it harder to stay here? Or is, does, does the win loss factor have anything to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to and listen to, a, isn't it? That's, no, that is actually wonderful. That is the perfect response. It's just a little, a little chortle out of the nose and get up and walk away. That's like Ricky Stewart. I've done my job. I'm and, out of here. And Redfern Pat pointed out that Adam O'Brien just tightens his bottle lid. <laughs> That's the signal and just gives him the wink and we're out of here, boy. So um, lots of things for Kaylin to think about. Oh, boy. Well, there's, of course, 
this is last week, but there was another player misbehaving. There were some players misbehaving off field, and I was so moved by the misbehaviour, I thought I'd write a song about it. Well, if you're playing footy, there's something you should know. Especially if you're playing for the Brisbane Broncos, don't you scuff up paint houses' shoes. Well, you can do anything but lay off the paint houses' shoes. Albert Kelly went out for a birthday drink Saw Payne has his shoes as white as ink He knew the rule, but he said nicks, nicks I'm gonna scuff up Payne has his white kicks I'm going to scuff up Payne has his shoes I'm calling his bluff, I'm gonna scuff Payne has his shoes Oh, don't do it, Albert! There's a contest for being a pest. Albert Kelly is one of the best. But when he scuffed up, Payne has his shoes. Payne said, there's a lesson I'm gonna have to teach you. I told you, don't you scuff up my fresh new shoes. You can do anything but lay off of my new white shoes. Payne pushed him round, slapped his face, called him names all over the place. The problem was someone had a phone. It was all over the internet as soon as the punch was thrown. Oh, why'd you scuff up Payne Hass's shoes? The Bronx have enough troubles without you being a goose. Ooh, yeah. Payne Hass likes clean white shoes, uh uh-huh. Payne Hass likes clean white shoes, uh-huh. Payne Hass likes clean white shoes, Payne has likes clean white shoes. You can do anything but lay off the pain has his shoes. Free, free Victor and Julian Assange. <laughs> They're in the same boat now. <laughs> the week to week football loses a lot of money. Yep. But it's a service to the game and it's a service to the, to the supporters. Charlotte, I'm doing my press conference down. I can't talk to you. See ya. Honestly, I did not expect that. Like, and I'm genuine serious. Like, I thought someone would give me a heads up. Like, at least, maybe you know, don't take those last couple of ones, or you know, but they didn't, and that's why I was so shocked. But honestly, what do we say again? Am I shocked? Yeah, I am really shocked. That's Millie Boyle winning the Dally M there. During the future, week. future Raider. She's going to be... Did you see the green dress? Well, she's uh, dating Adam Elliott um, mm. quite famously. They're partners. Now. And shared it with Emma Tonegato, of course, from the St. George Laura Dragons. Mm. Uh, so we're keeping current this week. One thing that's been in the news a lot is the refereeing, the, what rules are going to happen. Um, I watch the game quite closely and I'm struggling to follow this rule. Help! Off the ball, Luke! Jack off! He's 10! Help! <laughs> All right, keeping current, fellas. Just do it quickly. Uh, cost of bread. Dollar ten. Four dollar fifty. Sourdough. Bite me. Bakehouse. Mount Cola. Fuel price. Dollar ninety five. Well, Wagga was like a dollar ninety for um, E ten. Cash rate. Point one of a percent. Fictional. Unemployment. Four percent. Also fictional. It should be full time employment. Jake Avrilla receipts. <laughs> That's okay. Three. Trent, Trent Barrett's also a bit down on the uh, the receipts. His halves are getting. Trent, you, I, I was just looking up there, Kyle touched the ball 21 times in that match. Sorry? Kyle touched the ball 21 times in that match. Yep. I think Wakeham averaged 29, Avril 33. And the first time he did get into good ball, I think it was off the 40-20, he stationed himself out on the right and then three times the ball went that way and then came back inside with a forward. It's something that I've noticed that happens quite a lot. Do you think potentially you struggle to get your halfbacks involved in good ball? No. <laughs> Okay, great. Thanks very much. Cool. Thanks, man. That was Mike, me, and Brown there from the Raw. Um, the other big talking point from the week is Gus getting ahead of this Kyle Flanagan, um, this Kyle Flanagan issue, yep. um, and he started it with this. Yeah, look, Matthew, you know that I don't react to uh, certain sections of the media. That's the guy who has tweeted 22 times about drones. <laughs> Not that I ever want it be drawn into response from them because that's exactly what they want. And the last tweet about drones was three days after after that <laughs> podcast on on the on the weekend about Augusta. <laughs> but this is his response about Flano and see if you can follow. So I don't get involved in the coaching but 
uh, to be really honest, uh, I'm the one that's controlled the Kyle Flanagan off-season and preparation. I wanted him away from the spotlight a little bit and I wanted to watch him and see what he wanted to do. Now, as I say, I don't coach the side and I don't get involved in the coaching, but so I've, it's my responsibility as to how Kyle has been prepared for this season and to when he comes back into the NRL. Not Trent Barrett. So I don't get involved in the coaching. But. So you, you've taken on responsibility. To, it's been a deliberate strategy of yours to take Kyle Flanagan away from the spotlight and work on some key areas. Yeah, you know, as I say, I don't coach the side and I don't get involved in the coaching, but... Yep, yep. No, I know the point you make. Yep, absolutely. Are you like many marketers who have a brand recognition or sales problem? Maybe it's time to consider product placement. That segues very nicely into my sixth tackle trivia question for this week because it is entertainment related. Well, this question relates to a series that I know you love because we both have a mutual love for it. You ready? Mm. In the series, Better Call Saul. Saul Goodman changes his name from what? And... Question two, can you remember the name of his trusty, loyal girlfriend? Tick, 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 tick. Thinking music. He was actually a, a lawyer. Uh, he was uh, a lawyer in the, the movie Breaking Bad. I can't remember his name. I've got oh, brain fog. can't you? Uh, no, yeah, I've, got, I've got brain fog. It was some ridiculous name. Um and I can't remember the name of his partner. Who Millions of targeted and engaged consumers are exposed to your brand <laughs> as they relax and watch their favorite entertainment. Now we're going to have a bit of a jump into the relationship between Gus and uh, Matt Thompson here. I walk into the change rooms there, I've got 47 texts. I never turned my phone on after the game, but I thought, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 texts. Every one of those texts agreed with every fan out there and everything I believe in. So, we had a couple of people message in. This is this is the first example of the of just the the, the rapport that Matt Thompson and Gus have. Um, um, I am Patrick asked what your favorite Seinfeld episode is. Uh, well, I've got a few. Do you know I've never watched uh, an episode of Seinfeld? Oh. You what? I've never watched an episode of Seinfeld. Why would you ask that and then just derail it straight away with, hey, would you like to talk about this and invite other people to listen in? Well, I've never watched it, so who gives a shit? Well, you know. Of all people, what's his name? Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld, of all people. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about Matt Thompson's issues with establishing a connection with the marketplace in the past. He's not doing himself any favours. I think the mayor of the of the Shire, uh, David Stringfield, once said uh, sent a message saying, um, Matt Thompson on those panel shows is like when your parents force you to hang out with your younger cousin. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we also had... Um, Lisa Gross sent this to us. They've got the market up there if you want to have a look at that. It's uh, very elegant, the favourite. She loves a wet track, but the... I think that lost anyway, but it <laughs> loves a, a wet track, and she pointed out that he clearly doesn't watch Seinfeld because this is how you say that a horse is good in the wet. Yeah, but it's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it, eats it up. Eats the slop, born the slop. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. What did I just say? <laughs> now, that gets me on to, uh, are, you guys, uh, are, you guys, are you guys into Camus at all? Into Just Camus? Camus, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the uh, Sisyphus. The poet. Yeah, the, yeah. just while I log this, uh, boot this clip up. Um, the absurdity of life. What are we all doing? You know, we get up, we do the same stuff every day. And, you know, the beauty's not in where we're going. It's in the details along the way. Yes, yes. The process, the journey, not the end result. I know all that. Um, Blake Williamson posted this in our Blowing Up Deluxe. We'll never arrive to where we really want to be. And even if we do, we'll just change the destination and keep getting better. So That's that's Hamlin Ueli getting a little bit philosophical. That's, that's the I Ching, isn't it? Going getting, on, getting a little bit what? Philosophical. <laughs> going on means going far. Going far means returning. Think about that. Yeah, what about uh, Kieran Ash saying rugby league, uh, rugby, the Fitzgibbon philosophy? That, you know, good, you know, that's philosophical. The Fitzgibbon philosophy. 
Yep. Is that like some sort of overarching thing like um, Plato or Socrates or something like that? I was hoping you guys, I was hoping it was sort of rhymed. I can see that. that. Plato, Socrates, Fitzgibbon. Given that what, what was said, was that was Hamlin Raleigh, the wrestler there, that yeah. said that? Yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of um, the great poet Miley Cyrus and her song The Climb. It's all Don't about the climb. One. It's not about the destination, it's the climb. Yeah. And I think I think that's I think Fitzgibbon is probably you know, a Cyrus fan. You know what that is? It's the Roosters way. That's where <laughs> that's where yeah. that's where Robbo got the Kilimanjaro speech from. He's from taking Miley it straight Cyrus. from Miley Cyrus. <laughs> yeah, well what uh Stewie Marler said that Kilimanjaro this week, Everest next week, Engadine Macca's <laughs> week after. Which I don't I don't think that Engadine Macca's I've heard that Scott Morrison's only a fairly recent Sharks fan. But anyway, mm. um, I'd, I'd also be concerned about Engadine Maccas because I believe it was open after that event was supposed to happen. Yeah. Right. right. Throw yeah. that out there. Anyway, sorry, Pat. I don't know why he's going to Engadine Maccas when he lived in Double Bay. Anyway, <laughs> getting on to the jersey. So we've got this Parramatta, you know. The most beautiful jersey ever. Army camouflage. Spotted gum. Spotted gum, yeah, with the bullet holes. Mates. So we, we will put this out to the, we will put this out at some point asking for worst jerseys. Um, but just to go over, I know this, this isn't visual, but so we've described the spotted gum Parramatta jersey. Mm-hmm. My personal worst jersey, which I'd thought of before this, was Parramatta Round 1 2021, which was just a really thick yellow jersey Canary. with... With a thin blue stripe? No, no, no. Just all yellow and then with blue arms. Did it have yellow shorts? Oh, yeah, one yeah. that had yellow shorts. Look like, it looked like they're wearing a, like this really a onesie. That it's a strange look. Other other ones we had. Uh, Terry Ball said the Shark 2019 one that was a light blue with Gallon holding up the trophy. <laughs> yeah, like necessarily item. ugly. Necessarily. Um, Sam Teen said there's a manly one. I think it's 2013. It might be 2014, which is all grey. It's got the collar that's not a collar. It's just like a different colour for the back yep. half. And then it's got like maroon splodges to look like camouflage. Yeah. That one's bad. Terry Ball said Broncos 95, which is a white oh, the one. Harlequin with the diamonds. Yeah, with the diamonds, with the yellow and maroon it diamonds. bright. The like infamous Harlequin, yeah. That's, that's um, Bronco Reg's favorite jersey. Of course it is. Sam Tian said the Broncos teal, which is a bit late. I think it started in the late 90s and they had a few different designs, but they were using the teal for a little while. Penrith had a teal period as well. Mm. Which is, yeah, this is where I'm going to finish. So Panthers had a couple of terrible teal jerseys. I think they might have even had teal the premiership year. But Panthers colors. Panda's official colours. Do you reckon you guys can name them all? Uh, there's, there's, well, there's the brown and white chocolate soldiers. There's the black, and then you've got those stripes. So you've got brown, you've got yellow, white, black. You've, you've got the Red, yellow, yellow, yellow green. green stripes. Yeah, licorice. All right, all sorts. So, so we've got official colours, primary colours. Uh, black, you got that. White, uh, did you say white? Yeah. Yep. White, green, yep. red, yellow. Yep, yep. And then their secondary colours are brown, mm-hmm. pink, and teal. Oh yeah, the pink panthers. The pink panthers. It's eight colours. Teal. Where's it, what's with teal? No, uh, it was just a, it was a fad. <laughs> it was the teal fad. Uh, the great news is in their final game at what you probably refer to as Penrith Park, do you? Panther Park, Panther Stadium. Yep. It, well, they'll be playing in the original '67 chocolate. Oh, <gasps> the the vertical stripes. The vertical stripes. Oh. Bringing back memories of Mike Stevenson and Bill Ashurst. Just one other Texas to throw in from Emma Dominey was. Uh, your mate Chris Hyington on the ABC saying the humidity is off the Richter scale, which was which was terrific. I thought. Well, Chris Hyington also, who when the uh, what was the the poet who was uh, she was she was no she was the topless woman in uh, Titanville Titan Oh yeah, but she wasn't topless. His, she had the bra. Um, his comment when the tackles made was, "Oh, right under the ribs." <laughs> he was he loved the tackle. Oh, it was copybook. Copybook. Have you seen? Um, that movie Star Wars. In that movie Star Wars, there's the completely off the cuff line where Han Solo says, "I did the Kessel Run in twenty parsecs, and twenty parsecs is a distance, not a time." But it's like a completely off the cuff script. I'm sure like nobody ever thought about that one line. But then a couple of years ago, they made a whole movie to explain why <laughs> why it's impressive to do that run in a shorter distance of time because it's near like some sort of pool or something. So the less t- distance you do it in, the harder it is. Yeah. 
You're going to have to do like a spin-off of why, how humidity can be off the Richter scale. Well, if, you, if you're going to take Hino as the Minister for Science, Hino, <laughs> of course, famously after their tremendous win in 2005, actually broke the world record for swearing in a single interview live to air. God love him, as they all did. But I think that's enough firing up for this afternoon. So please... Well, oh well. See, I, yeah. you 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 don't want me to do this. No, I I do. We've given Parramatta such a hard time about their jersey. I just is a special one. No, we've given them such a good time about their yeah, jersey. We've a one-off special, about Dennis. It. A, a, a retro. Uh, yeah, another reason to hate the Sydney Roosters. Look, mm. uh, you thought it would be the fact that the Roosters trainer was trying to stop the game when the Roosters went on to score the game clinching try Roosters in the NRLW trainer, Grand Final. Final trigger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Travis Tuma memories, etc., yeah. etc. Et That's not the reason. It turns out that in every format. Every Every grade, every level, including the NRLW final, Dean Ritchie pointed out that the Roosters won every game last weekend. They won oh. over 10 games across all formats through to the great work they're doing on the Central Coast. Leave the Central Coast alone, Sydney Roosters. That's Kalen Ponga territory. We've already pointed that out. But wow. I tell you, 10 from 10 in one week, that's another reason to hate the Sydney Roosters. And that's a big one. All right, can I go now? Yes. All right. Thank you for joining us on Fire Up. Join Fire Up Rugby League on Facebook and Insta. Fire Up NRL on Twitter. Join the Blowing Up Deluxe Facebook group. And please give us a review. Give us a review on one of the uh, iTunes or one of the uh, podcast apps. We'd love to read your review. In fact, we'll read it out. Fire Up again next week. Thank you. Good night. What an absolute waste of time that is.